Well, I'm very, very excited about this message and um, for many reasons. It's been a fun message to prepare, but the main thing is how, how the message came about. So I'll go to the beginning. Normally God gives me a visual and then the message is built from that. That's always been the way, the way it's worked. <coughs> Excuse me. But this time it was different. God gave me a message and then the visual suddenly appeared as I was reading the Bible. I read a verse in the Bible, which I'll be reading to you. And from that verse, this entire set and message came to be. And it was such a light bulb moment. It was like, I am so excited. I want to preach it now. There was nobody home. There was only my dogs. But I preached it to them. I was so excited about what God had showed me that I just I couldn't wait for today. And so I really am praying that the same excitement that I had, it looks like I'm in a cage, the same excitement that I had when I first got this message downloaded from God, I want that to be something that you grab a hold of because... Through the fun, through the visuals, through everything else, I want you to get what God is saying to us. So I'd really like you to join me, first of all, as we pray, and that, and just commit this time to the Lord. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the honour and the joy of being able to teach this morning. We do not, I don't take that for granted. And I pray that you will help me to be able to give justice to the truth that you birthed in me, that I will be able to speak out and show through visual illustration what you are saying, truths that can genuinely and will genuinely change our lives if we will get a hold of them and if we will live them after this day. I thank you, Father God, for your anointing upon this entire day, this entire meeting, this message in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I am ready. Okay. How many of you here this morning are believing for something? You don't need to put, you can put your hand up if you want. I would doubt if there's anybody who is not believing for something. Finances, restoration of health, loved, one, loved ones coming into the kingdom, a life partner, a family, a home, a second home, a new job. A first job, a holiday, a door of opportunity to be opened. And those are just some of them. But I, do, I would be surprised if there's not anyone listening to this today, listening on live stream or listening in the future that would not be believing God for something. I know we are. I know our church is. And I'm sure everyone is. So I want to encourage you to get your listening ears on. Turn your mind off what you're going to do this afternoon, where you're going tomorrow or when you're going to line up for grand final tickets. Go pies. And get ready for there to be a change in your position. Because today, I believe if we can take a hold of this truth, there will genuinely be a change in our position. So I want to invite Josh to put up my first scripture and probably one of the only scriptures, but a powerful one. Luke chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. We'll start with verse 15. I'll read it from here. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. Go to verse 16 for me. Thanks, Josh. John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I will come. 
the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, I want to give you a little bit of a background and a simplistic, I'm a relatively simple person, so a very simplistic view of what this was saying. The people were waiting for the Messiah that had been prophesied would come, the Redeemer, the one that would bring them freedom. The people were geared up, they were ready, and they were waiting. They were looking at John, wondering, is it him? Is it him? Because they were so full of expectancy. But then in verse 16, he explained, it's actually not me, but I am making the way ready. I am actually like the forerunner to tell you he is literally on the way. And, you know, I don't know how many of you shop on Amazon. Um, During COVID, Amazon became very close to my husband's heart. I wish we could get frequent flyer points, fly by something, because we would, we would be able to get a lot of blessings out of how much he shops on Amazon. He very rarely goes to shops anymore. He has become uh, the you know, advocate for Amazon, and he loves it. One of the things about Amazon is when you buy something, they tell you the day it's coming, but then very close to the time you'll get a text to say it's coming tomorrow at between, say, 11 and 12, or between 11 and and 1 or something. Then the next day you get a text to say, it's on its way. It has left the, you know, it's left the place and that, and it is on its way. And then you get a text to say, it's arrived, just in case you weren't home. And that, and you know what? Those texts bring people who are Amazon shoppers, like my husband, they bring them a lot of joy. He gets very excited. Sometimes he'll be at the, at the church here working and he'll ring me. He'll say, my Amazon parcel's coming. It's going to be there in 30 minutes, you know. Make sure that you're home. And, you know, they, they bring him excitement. I have a sense that John the Baptist was like the Amazon text. He was saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's coming, it's coming. Let, let that excitement build. You know, the text is not what my husband's waiting for. It's the parcel he's waiting for. But the text tells him the parcel is on its way. The parcel has left the depot. The parcel is is almost there. And that is what brings him the excitement. And so, you know, when I was looking at John the Baptist, I thought, yeah, you're like an Amazon text. You know, that's my new picture of John the Baptist. You're letting the people know it's okay. I know you're hanging out for it. I'm not it, but it is coming. It is literally on the way. Luke 3.15, if you can go back that for me, Josh, says that they were waiting expectantly or they were waiting with expectation. I firmly believe as God began to speak to me that how they were waiting had everything to do with what they received. I can't tell you or guarantee it, but I wonder if they were just passively sitting around going about business as usual I cannot guarantee that they would have received the message that the Messiah was around the corner. But they were waiting so expectantly that John said, hey, it's coming, it's coming, it's okay. And how we wait for what we're believing for is so, so important. And there is a translation that I have got to admit I had never read before this and Now I love it and I'm an advocate for it, but you cannot get it online, I found out. The Williams translation, so I think Jordan has actually put it there, said, while the people were on tiptoe with expectation. 
tiptoe. They were on tiptoe with expectation. I, I just, as soon as I read that, something just went off in my spirit. And then I had a light bulb moment. Who lives on tiptoe? Barbie. Welcome to the Barbie world. Up till, tw up till 2015, you could not get a Barbie that, wasn't, that didn't stand on tiptoes. Every Barbie that had ever been produced from the very beginning to 2015 always stood on tiptoes. We have got Barbie dolls here that if you have a look at them later, you'll see. I'll see if I can get one here to show you. And that they all stand on tiptoe all the time. That is how they live. And as soon as I began, sorry, Caitlin, I've knocked over the display already. Suddenly, my mind began going. I'm thinking, Lord, this verse which says, if you go back to it, Josh, they were on tiptoe with expectation. And then I began to think of the recent Barbie movie. I went and saw it. I own it. I loved it. In the recent Barbie, Barbie movie, there was a point when Barbie was transitioning from being a Barbie in a Barbie world to a Barbie in a human world. And the very first indication was her feet dropped and she was flat and she could not stand on tiptoe. And that was horrific for all the Barbie dolls. I mean, what are they going to do? Barbie has always been on tiptoe. Now suddenly Barbie has flat feet. And that... And all the Barbies realise that she's no longer a Barbie because you can't, you know, a true Barbie lives her life on tiptoe. After seeing, so stay with me here, after seeing, don't turn off because you think I don't like Barbie, and that this is purely about Barbie's stance. After seeing the Barbie movie and that, and watching how Margot Robbie so perfectly portrayed Barbie, one of the things which really had went off in, you know, as a light bulb when I was watching it, is how did this girl, woman, a young woman, not a plastic Mattel doll, how did she walk on tiptoe during the movie? Because this was a real-life woman, an Australian woman, who was playing the, a, a real-life Barbie. And until the awful moment when her feet dropped and she could no longer stand on tiptoe to indicate that she had lost her barbiness and that she was standing there on tiptoe, getting in and out of shoes and walking on tiptoe. And I remember thinking, this is amazing. And the first thing I thought is CGI, obviously. You know, there's no way anybody could do that. And then I began to watch some behind the scenes, um, Brooke, and I share that love for behind the scenes of movies and how, how they were made. I began to watch interviews and the first thing, I think almost without, everybody who interviewed Margot Robbie, right through all the press tours would say, how did you walk on tiptoes? Was it CGI? She said emphatically, it wasn't. And, that, and so then she showed the secret to her walking on tiptoes. She said it was very important for the producers this, mo this movie was real. A Barbie movie? This was real. That she didn't want CGI. She wanted them to be able to replicate it really. And so they came up with a way that she was able to walk on tiptoes. We'll see if you can just show this very quick 10-second clip.
And then you see, and she, or you, so we've had to be careful how much we, how much we showed because we don't want to get shut down because I'm showing a movie, but as in by YouTube. So, but you see there, this is a real girl and she is, and that's how she then walked on tiptoes like that. Okay, we can go to the fact that she showed, and I said I can't show you the, the footage of this, as I said, because of copyright. She had a frame that she held onto. So I may need, so I can keep preaching, I need a, a Barbie girl. Okay, can you stand on tiptoes in those shoes? Or Brooke, whoever, one of you, can you come up? I, want, I just want you to see something. I really want you to get a handle on this. There is obviously a very, very strong <laughs> pressure. Okay. So, so I want, so, okay, so if Barbie takes off her shoes, she be, then she can stand on tiptoes as long as she wants because she is standing on a frame. And Margot Robbie said that throughout the movie, she had a frame that she would hold on to. So you never actually saw her arms and her tiptoes at the same time. Both were real. When they'd see her arms, it was her arms. When you saw her walking on tiptoes, it was on tiptoes. But she said the way she did that in perfect balance, if I had to walk on tiptoes for more than a few minutes, I would fall. I would you know, probably embarrass myself and those in my family around me. And that, but she was able to, because she had a frame in front of her that was just out of the camera frame. So the camera is, is shooting her from here and they're closing in on her tiptoes all the time as she's kicking off the shoes and as she's walking through Barbie land with these perfectly manicured toes and this amazing stance. But what, they, what the camera doesn't show you is that she's leaning heavily on a frame to allow, and the frame was on wheels so she could, she could go, she could move with it and they had it perfectly done so the camera never showed you the frame that every time they would lift up to the top of her body, they would move the frame out and then they'd go back again so that she could walk on tiptoes through that whole movie. So, thank you. You can sit down. I didn't realise I can't hold a frame and a mic at the same time. And that. So now I want you to get back, or first of all, I want to say, it's not even possible for Barbie to stand on tiptoes without something to support her. Now I want us to go back to that scripture, Luke 3.15, where it says they, the people were on tiptoes with expectation. I believe that they were standing there on tiptoes because they knew that, they, that there had been words given that the Messiah was going to come and they were about to be rewarded. I have no idea how many takes it took. I think Brooke said on one of them there was potentially eight takes of how many scenes she had to do. I don't know how long she had to walk with that frame. I, I don't know her. But I know that she was totally confident because the trust was in the frame she was holding onto. Her trust was not in her perfect balance. Her trust wasn't even the fact that she said she'd been a ballet dancer before she became an actress. She said nobody could walk like that unless they had something to hold on to. And her trust was in the frame that the producers had given her, that that frame would not, you know, 
would hold her weight, that that frame would withstand days of filming, that that frame would be able to go with her wherever she was. Her faith as an actress was in that frame. In Luke, the reason the people were standing on their toes and standing in expectation is because Isaiah, Zechariah, Micah, even Genesis had all prophesied that there was a Messiah that was coming and they were standing on that. Their word of God had become their frame to hold on to. So they were standing in tiptoes because they believed that these words were going to come to pass. I asked you at the very beginning, how many of you here are believing God for something? I want to tell you today that if you have a word from God, you can stand on tiptoes as long as it takes. You can stand on tiptoes. It doesn't matter whether you have to keep reshooting the, the scene a hundred times because your confidence is not on your feet. Your confidence is on what you are holding onto. Your confidence is on the word of God. Your confidence is on the frame that God has given you. Even when you may feel shaky, even when you may feel you can't stand, even anymore, even when you feel it's never, ever going to happen, I encourage you today, stand on your tiptoes and hold on to the frame that God has given you, which is his word, which is the word of God. And that, and that is what makes the, the absolute difference. You know, that I, I, as I said, I don't know the actress personally uh, and that, but I know from the interviews I said, she had, I watched, she had total confidence that she was not going to be, look like an idiot. She had total confidence that she could get through every scene in this, what would seem like a ridiculous stance because there was something firm that she was holding on to. How many of you today have got promises from God but it's like, when are they going to come to pass? How are they going to come to pass? How impossible is what God has said? How impossible is it for a director to say to a woman, I want you to walk on tiptoes? right through this scene. I want you to perfectly glide out of shoes and land on tiptoes. Try it. It, it. it is not really possible to do. And that, how impossible is that? But she didn't look at the director. She looked at what the director had provided. And you know what? How impossible your dream may be. How, how sick you may feel in your body. How empty your bank balance is. How impossible things look. You don't look to them, you look to the frame. You look to the word of God that God has given you. And that if you are battling health issues, God's word says, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. God's word said, I sent my word and I healed you. God's word said, he forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. And the reason why, I may actually, Peter, need help up here. The reason why... I've done something slightly different. If you can maybe move this back. Sorry, I'm just move the pulpit back for me. I just want to bring the cage around. The picture that God gave me, if I can get Peter just to put the frame around, the cage around the frame so it's kind of three-sided. So, yeah. Sorry, I'm not explaining myself properly. The reason why is as I was praying about this message, the Lord showed me the picture of a three-sided frame. 
a frame that you hold on to, but a frame which is also surrounding you. And you know, with each of the illustrations that I'll be giving you, and that and what the Lord has spoken to me about was getting for any situation you are facing, getting three scriptures that you can hold on to and making them your solid frame. And that if you are believing for finances today, I'll give I'll give you three scriptures already. Give and it will be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, running over. The word says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Test me now and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings till there is not enough room to receive it. The word says, my God will supply all my needs. That is a three-sided frame. I have got three scriptures here. And there's, there's multitudes more. You, you, don't limit it, you don't have to limit it to three. But it was something that really went off in my heart for anything that we are believing for, for the things that we're believing for as a family, as a couple, as a church. And that the Lord said, get three firm scriptures and make that your frame. And you stand on those three scriptures and you daily hold on to those scriptures. And that I really, really believe God is challenging us to live with the expectation that they showed in Luke 3.15 and that and he's provided us a sturdy frame that we can hold on to that will hold our weight so we can then step into Luke 3.16 so that we can see the manifestation. And, you know, one of the things that went off in my spirit, and this, was, this isn't even in my notes, I had to scribble on the side of them. I was speaking to Winston before the meeting and we were talking about believing God for things and suddenly, if you didn't know this, Winston, you said a word and it went off in my spirit, rest. And the Lord said to me that when you're holding on to something which is secure, you can rest. It's not a work. It's not something you're trying to do. If I was trying to walk on my toes, I wouldn't get very far to start with. But also, and that there there is such a a man-made effort in doing that. But when when you've got a frame that is surrounding you, you can stand in rest. And know what God is going to do. That frame gives you the ability not just to stand, not just to stand on tiptoes, but to stand in rest. Because the pressure is not on you. The pressure is on the frame. Okay? The pressure for me to stand here, to be able to stand on tiptoes, is is on the, I'm pressing down on the weight of this and I am holding on to that. I am transferring the pressure of fulfillment from me to this frame. I am, it's no longer what I can do, it's what this frame can do, which is the word of God. That I, I really want to challenge you, and we're going to be doing something at the very end, but I want you to begin to think about it. The Lord said to challenge everybody in the meeting who will be listening to this in the future to get three scriptures for anything that you're believing for. I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end to write them down and that, but I want you to just begin to think and that, and then with both hands, channel your inner Barbie and stand on your toes and look with expectation. And you know, sometimes this week as I've been working through this message, there's been times I've, I've on purpose just stood on my toes and held on to something and I said, Lord, I'm doing this in faith. Because I know 
that you're going to bring that, those finances in. I know that you're going to heal that person. And I've stood there and channeled my inner Barbie. I've, I've stood there with my toes to the ground, with my feet high, holding on to something, knowing that God is going to come through. There have been many times when we've been at events, either myself or my children or others, and you know what it's like when you're at an event which is really, really crowded and you begin to, you have to stand on your toes to see, you've got to crane your neck to see there's a press, there's a, there's a push, you know, and that. And last night I was beginning to think of, of instances which, which we've been through. I think one of the, probably the scariest, for want of a better phrase, was when I decided to take our girls, when they were way, way, way younger, to the high school three, high school musical three premiere in Australia, in Melbourne. It was the first time they'd done a premiere with all the cast flying over for it. And I thought this will be lovely. My girls will love it. I didn't realise probably 50,000 other mums had thought the same thing. And then when, even though we got there early, that the, as the ex expectation was building, so did, you know, the fighting spirit of the mums trying to push their girls to the front. And it was absolutely crazy. I think both the girls will, will tell you there was... I probably thought I would have actually left if it wasn't for the fact that there was probably about 30 or 40 people behind me. The crowd was so big. And we actually were at the front and you couldn't actually get out. You couldn't, you couldn't move. You couldn't go to the toilet. You couldn't do anything. But I still remember the expectation when you begin to hear and that you, know, you hear noise and you realise they're nearly here, they're nearly here. And that, and you know, it's that everybody begins, to, they begin to change their stance. They're, you're looking over, you know, you're craning your neck, you're doing something to reach. And that, and the Lord said to me, He said, That's how I want you to be with that expectation. You know, again, I thought uh, an illustration that came to me last night. I remember when my kids were a lot younger, we used to live in an apartment that was at the very back of a block of apartments or a court. And ours was kind of the top one and the, the road that kind of sloped down a little bit. And my parents, who my kids were very, very close to, loved them incredibly. And they used to travel a lot in ministry. And whenever mum and dad were coming home from a ministry trip, they would always let us know we'll, yeah, that we'll be arriving home at such and such a time, we'll come straight to the house. And the kids would know and they would all be standing. We had a big bay window that outlooked the street and the, and the courts. And they would be standing there waiting with expectation, waiting with expectation because they knew that their grandparents were on the way. And they not only had missed them and wanted to see them, they also knew they often bought presents when they came back from a trip. But all four kids, Levi, uh, Levi, Levi wasn't born. <laughs> Caleb was 12. <laughs> and so, but, you know, the... the you know, even down to Jordan, who was a toddler, he'd be standing there with his little fat little cheeks, you know, sorry, Jordan, and that pressed, you know, pressed really strongly against the window and looking and looking with this expectation because he knew Grandpa and Grandma were going to drive up any minute they would see the blue car arrive. And, you know, they had that expectation because they knew their grandparents would always keep their word because they didn't, they, had, they didn't have grandparents that said, oh, we're going to come and see you. Ha ha, no, we're not. Yeah, we're, you know, we're going to come around. No, we're not. Yeah, they knew their grandparents, if they said they would be there, they would be there. 
they knew that so they wouldn't leave the window. They would stand at the window and that on tippy toes just looking. And they knew that something was going to happen. And I know this is an incredibly simple message, but I believe if we get a hold of it, it can be so profound. Because there is an anointing on our church for breakthrough. Brother Jerry said many, many years ago when we changed the name of the church to Breakthrough, he prophesied and he said, you are to be breakthrough by nature, not just by name. And he said, that is the anointing that is on your church, which is why even when we changed the heritage of faith with his blessing, we kept the breakthrough part of the name because he said that is an anointing. That is something that is prophetic. And, you know, I, I am standing this morning on tiptoes I am standing here holding firm and resting in the fact that what God has said for me and my family, what God has said for our church, what God has said for everybody who is here will come to pass if we will stay expecting. I don't want to be, oh, I've stood for so long. I'm going now. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to hold on to this anymore. Why? That's why God gives us prophetic words. That's why God gives us his word. God's given you promises. He's given you prophetic words. And that you can hold on to prophetic words the same as you can the word of God. As long as they're from somebody reputable. And that I'm not talking about dial of prophecy. You know, and, and, and so you may laugh. But that, that's, I remember many, many years ago having a lady who rang, up, rang our home up. Because it was a church, the advertised church number. And, that, and she said, I believe your church. You know, she said, prophecies are given. And I said, yes. And she said... Could I, how much would it cost to get a prophecy? And I was like, now I think it was one of my children who said, well, tell her for $100, she can get an average one. $500, you can upgrade. You know, $1,000, well, you know, you can get a really good one. Now we laughed, but I was horrified. I said to her, you don't buy prophecies. And she said, well, if, when I come on Sunday, will you give me one? I said, I can't guarantee that. No. I said, we don't give prophecies. This is not like a, you know, this is not something we turn on. This is something that if God says it, we say it. If God doesn't say it, we don't say it. So I don't, I don't mind how many times you come. If God doesn't give, give me a word for you, then I'm not going to make one up. Okay, I'm not going to just come up with one, you know. And, that, and so, but I'm saying if you've got prophetic words from legitimate people that you highly esteem. We've got prophetic words from Pastor George, from Brother Jerry, from Brother Jesse, men of God that we esteem, we honour and we know them. And we can stand on and hold on to them the same as we can stand and hold on to the word of God. And, that, and this is what gives us that ability, that ability to rest. Words that we can use as a frame. And I really, I can't, I keep, I can't get away from it. Start with three scriptures and then you can build on it with prophetic words. You can build on it. But build your own frame. Okay, Peter built me this frame today. Part of it is from Caleb's gym. Part of it is from our rabbit cage. It's okay. The rabbits are safe. It's all right. We haven't let them out for the day. And that, but he built, uh, he built this for me. Build your own frame. Somebody over in America built a frame for Margot Robbie to be able to, to film that movie. And that build your frame around yourself around your circumstances, around what you are believing for. You know, there are needs that we have as a family and, and as a church that we both have words and seed in the ground for. And every night, Peter and I will pray over them. And that not just for ourselves, but for the church and the church family. 
And we will declare tomorrow we could easily wake up and, you know, there's a check in the mail, there's a bank transfer, there's a, a, a restoration of a person's health. And that we, we every night declare tomorrow we could easily be walking in the breakthrough. If the next day comes and that bank transfer isn't there, that, that health hasn't been restored, that loved one is still really messing up, that's okay. We'll say it again that night because one morning we're going to wake up and it's going to happen. One morning we're going to wake up and that money's going to be there. One morning we're going to wake up and that answer is going to be, has been fulfilled. And we will keep saying it and we will keep standing and we will keep being on our tippy toes and we will be looking expectantly because I don't want to give up when the answer could easily be right around the corner. And you know what? I don't get disheartened the next morning if I check my text or if we check our bank or if we check something else and there's no change. I say, it's okay, tomorrow, tomorrow. You can do it. As Keith Moore said, he used to go to the ma mailbox every day and say, I believe today we're going to see, see the money that we need come in. And he said, if you get to the mailbox and there's nothing there, he said, it doesn't matter. The postman comes again tomorrow. And that you live in expectancy. But you don't just live in hopeless expectancy. You don't live in self-expectancy. You live in expectancy based on the frame that you have built. You live in expectancy on what, on what you are surrounding yourself. Margot Robbie didn't do that movie not knowing what was going to happen. She, she knew that she had something that would hold her up. And you know what? The ground may shake. The waves may come. It may not always be standing in still condition. But if you will stand, if you will hold on, and if you will keep your expectancy that we serve a God who gives us promises and does not go back on his word. That gives us a hope. It gives us a faith. But we have to surround ourselves with a frame. It is no good just saying it. We have to believe it with everything within us. And we have to see. It's like you're standing there and there's a ship coming in and it's not yours and another ship or a plane coming in and it's not the one you're waiting for. I'll just keep standing there at that window. My kids would stand at that window. Didn't matter how many cars came up the driveway because they knew one of the cars. One of the cars was going to be their grandparents and they were not going to give up. They were not going to leave the window. They were not going to leave where they knew that they were going to see their grandparents and that I will keep standing I will keep standing on tippy toes with expectation. As I was praying, I got up early this morning to pray, and the Lord brought back another, um, another example, another visual, and I would love you um, to understand this one, but I'll preface it before I get Josh in a few minutes to put up some photos. But uh, 2018, is that right, Brooke? 2018, um, through circumstances... And that Brooke and I had the opportunity to meet Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Now, I do not agree with where they are now. I don't agree with what they've done. But back then, they were just Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. But there is a reason meeting them was very significant to me. And it's because... I actually, I won't, I won't go into... This. A, lot, a lot of you know the story, but it was a miracle. It was something that Brooke had believed for for a long time. And it was the faithfulness of God and something which was supernatural and involved angelic intervention to show how much God cared about the desires of her heart and my heart. And that 
So for that reason, I still have a photo of me shaking hands with Prince Harry in my house. I often use it now to pray for him and to pray that somehow God can, can touch them and they can have an encounter with him because that's what they need. So I, I haven't thrown the photo away because of what they've done since then because the photo is a very significant one to me. But before, even before the photos go up, we got there early. We were waiting. We were one of 70, 80, 90,000 people that were waiting to see them. And the, the, the likelihood of, of actually being able to meet them and shake their hands was, pro was very minute. <laughs> you know, you're probably out, probably out of that. There was, I don't know, maybe 100 or 200 people at the most. And, that, and the story, how it unfolded and how we, were, we got to is a miracle. But one of the things was that we knew they were coming. And I want you to get this. We'd been standing there for a long time. And we were standing on tippy toes and we were holding on to a, a kind of a fence or, you know, a border that, they'd, that they had put up and that to keep the public in a particular area. And, you know, there was a number of times you would hear the noise would kind of rise from the crowd over the, from the left, which is where they were going to be coming, and you'd hear noise and you would be looking and you'd be looking and is this them, is this them, is this them? And it would be a car would be pulled up and it was somebody from the British Secret Security. It was police. It was... And this went on for probably about an hour, I would say, isn't that? There was... They have a lot of security people. And, that, that, and these cars kept coming. But it didn't deter us because we knew one car, one of these cars was going to come up and they were going to get out. And so we stood... Now, we knew that not because we had a word from God. We knew that because... Buckingham Palace doesn't generally arrange things like this and then they never show up. Unless there's a national emergency, if they're scheduled, they will be there. And, like, so they were scheduled. And so the, the past record, I had never actually ever read or seen anything where a royal, uh, you know, a, a, a royal visit had been stopped at the very last minute, you know, when you've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people. You know, the amount of people that were in the MCG on Friday night were, were standing crushed into Government House driveway trying to see them. And so when, you know, that, so their past record gave me the confidence that one of these cars had to have them. One of these cars and had to have them. And then suddenly, without any necessary warning, the same kind of car came up but instead of another policeman or another bodyguard or another, you know, security person, another guy with a gun, it was them that they got out. And if you put up the photos quickly, if you can. Okay. The photo on the left is actually Prince Harry holding my hand, which he did for quite a while while he was talking to everybody around. And that the photo there is Meghan Markle holding Brooke's hand. Again, Prince Harry with me and Brooke. And then... The last, the last one, again, is Prince Harry with Brooke uh, standing in front with the orange top. Two of the photos came from Channel 9. The other two photos came from our phone. Um, those photos represent something to me. They, they represent a God who's faithful and gives you the desires of your heart. But this morning, as I looked at those photos, those photos represented to me a 
I, I, what it ha- when you stand in expectancy, when you stand and you are waiting, that it does happen. And I stopped this morning. I thought, how many security cars, how many? I didn't know they had that many black limos in Australia. They had so many of these same big cars that would come up and drop somebody off in front of us. And no, it's not them. No, it's not them. No, it's not them. And then suddenly, without any warning that the car was different, because every car had a flag, every car looked the same. But suddenly the door opens and it's Harry. It's no longer, you know, a a security guard. And the Lord said to me this morning, he said, there's many people here. This is why he told me to share this. I said, because he said, there's many people here. You've had so many cars pull up and the answer hasn't got out. So many cars have pulled up and the answer hasn't got out. You just keep waiting because you serve a God who gives you promises and he does not go back on his word. You serve a God who is faithful. That day, my faith was in the fact that I knew that Buckingham Palace would not put on an event like this and then just they would never turn up. I knew that they would come because of their record. In a little while, Jada and the team are going to sing the song, All My Life, God Has Been Faithful. And that is the other thing that you need to be able to stand on your tippy toes. You need the fact, the knowledge that you serve a God who gives you promises and does not go back on his word. It does not matter how long it was. Okay? Harry and Megan were over two hours late. And that, and it was, so it was a long time to wait in a hot sun, but we knew that they would come. Your miracle may be two hours late. It may be two months late in your mind. It may be two years late. It may be two decades late in your mind. But can I tell you, it's coming in the perfect time. And if you will stand, if you will rest, that's resting in God's faithfulness, resting in God's word. I want to tell you, it will happen. And God said it starts with standing on your tippy toes. It starts with the stance. That's why I said I believe that there would be a change in our position, a change in our position that we would go from being flat-footed to standing on our tippy toes, standing on our tippy toes. Today we've done everything we can to channel our inner Barbie because I want you to get that message. Stand on your tippy toes, hold on and rest in what God has, and make sure you are building a frame around you that is totally built on God's word and on prophetic words that you have been given. And then you can stand, and then you commit that I'm going to stand as long as it takes. When Brooke and I met Harry and Megan, we did not say, well, we'll wait for half an hour, and if they don't turn up, we're going to leave. We arrived, and we were there, and we were not leaving until we had seen them never anticipating that we would get to talk to them both personally and shake both their hands. And that is one miracle. And I just want to say, you know how in in McDonald's or places like that they upsize? I believe God wants to upsize your miracles. God wants to upsize your miracles. The royal family have a rule that when there's two members of the royal family, they will never go to the same side. One goes to the right, one goes to the left. Out of fairness to the crowd that is that is there, that's their rule. And when they got out of the car, Megan was sent to our side. Harry was sent to the other side. And it was like, I'm pleased to meet her, but I really wanted to meet Prince Harry. But I'm just grateful we're here and we're seeing you and we can get photos. 
And as honest as I stand here, and Brooke will vouch for this, he was walking, shaking hands on the other side, and then he stopped and he turned around. He sent his minders into an absolute frenzy because he just walked totally across and came over and took my hand. And Megan was, was just, just out of the frame. She was still with us. And he took my hand and began to talk to the group while not letting go of my hand. And I remember, and, he, and you could see all these guys with security, get him on the other side, get him on the other side. You know, I heard somebody say, Megan, you have to go on the other side. Quick, go on the other side. You know, like Harry's, Harry's gone rogue, which he has now. But yeah, Harry's gone rogue. He's gone over here. And it was like, and, I was, and I'm standing there like, and he goes, how long, have you, you know, how long have you been waiting here? Yeah, a long time, I think. You know, like it's like my, my mind was blank. I'm thinking God brings words to my mind, you know. He's asking me questions and I'm not even, you know, I'm just standing and thinking, is this really happening? You've got cameras in your face, you know. You've got people pushing on you. He told the people behind to stop pushing me. He said, please stop pushing. He said, I'll talk to you. Just leave, leave the lady. It's like, thank you. you know? And I said, but you know what I'm saying is God upsized our miracle. All I had asked for was that we could, I, I could see him get a photo and if I shook his hand, that would be amazing. And that God gave us so much more because he wanted, and the Lord just said to me, he wants to upsize your miracle. What you're believing for maybe is not what God, God wants to do something bigger than what you are believing God for. So I want us to go back. Okay. Peter wants to tell, to tell a story for those who haven't heard it on live stream or wherever. And that I grew up as a royalist. I loved the royal family, particularly loved Diana. And twice I had the opportunity to meet Diana, and both times through the enemy getting in, I didn't get to. And I was incredibly frustrated. And I often told the story to my family about how many times, about the tw twice that I had almost met her, and then the enemy managed to derail it at the last minute. And, and so, I, unbeknownst to me, Brooke, had begun to pray that, because Brooke is very much a vision person. She has vision boards everywhere. She's teaching our super kids about vision boards at the moment. But she's not a person who only has vision boards for herself. She has them for others, and I didn't know that. She had, had began to pray and had a vision, and, and, and had on her vision board, Diana had well passed away by this time, obviously, that one day I would get to meet one of Diana's sons, and he would shake my hand because of what the enemy had done so many years ago. Which, anyway, and I had no idea she had that vision board hidden in her cupboard, so I didn't see it. I didn't know about it. And so that was there. And it was specifically one of Diana's sons and that I would shake hands with them. And that was what she was believing for. So when, this, when we found out Harry and Meghan were going, just because I was a royalist, I said, let's go. We were going to get there for when we, we were going to get, we got there for when the gates were supposed to open. We found out that opened the gates about five hours earlier than they had advertised. So by the time we got there, there was probably at least, I'd say that the crowd was at least 10 or 15 deep from the fence. And I'm like, oh. And there's that point you think, oh, should we just go home? So I said, no. I said, let's just, well, and Brooke's going, let's push through, mum, let's push through. I don't know what my daughter's been praying for. I've got no idea. But she said, let's push through, mum, we'll be fine. And that, and there's such a long road that they were supposed to walk down. And so you're thinking, well, if we go to the very end, you know, the crowd's at the thinnest. And the Lord said to me, go to the very top near the gate. And I was like, that's where the crowd's the thickest. But I knew the Holy Spirit said it. So I said, okay, Brooke, let's go. 
So we went and we were standing, yeah, like I said, 15, 20 people back. A lot of people were sitting down because they knew it was still a long time before they came. And this lady turned around and waved, and I didn't know who she was waving to, so I didn't respond. But then she kept waving, you, you. And I said, me? She said, yeah. She said, I've got your places, come here. And I'm looking at her like, who are you? And she said, come, come, come. And she said, she said, I've got places for these people, let them through. So Brooke and I walked through and the lady said, here's your places, enjoy, and turned around. And I'm like, wow. And I turned around and she was gone. And there was no way she could get through that crowd. I mean, the crowd was dense. And I'm turning around, it's like, and the lady has literally disappeared. And I'm looking, everybody's looking, and I'm like, wow. And I still didn't know what Brooke had been doing and what she was praying. And then as it was, because there'd been a security, security scare at Tullamarine and they'd had to divert them away, which was why they were two, over two hours late, they ended up driving nearly the whole road, so everybody down the bottom just saw the car go past, and they got out just before us. And they got out, and they... Um, and that, and we got to meet them, and that, and then it was afterwards when Brooke said to me, "Tell me what had happened." And then when I got home, she sh opened the cupboard and showed me this prayer that she'd had on this vision board in her cupboard that she'd been praying for years. So that's why that's so significant because that was the only spot on our on our side that he went to. After he after he let go of my hand, he went back to the other side where he was supposed to be and kept on going. And I'm still standing there thinking, this is so surreal. But the Lord said, I care enough about a 15, oh, no, you were older than myself, a 20-year-old. But you've been praying it for a long time. Okay, yes, yeah, sorry. I was, I'm pretty sure you said you're 15 when you put it up. <coughs> he said, I care enough about a girl's prayer that I would do this for, for you and for her to show her how much I care. And that's why the photo's still in my study. People say, Harry, why are you still in your study? Because it represents a miracle. It represents something that God did that was amazing. It represents the fact that God will go above and beyond. And he will upsize. He will not just, he didn't just shake my hand. I said, he held it for a long time. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, what do you do? You know, like, yeah. And I said, it was just, it, it, I do pray that God can somehow reach them and they can turn to God. I do, genuinely. He's very, very lost. But you know what? I still look at that photo and I think, God, you are such an incredible God. But you do things. You go above and beyond. You keep promises. You fulfill desires in people's hearts that aren't even spiritual in the sense that, you know, there was nothing spiritual about me meeting him. But God cares. He cares. And you know what? I want to tell you. I said, I did all this because I want you to see the faithfulness of God. Because the things that you need... You need God's word. You need prophetic words. Or you need God's word. Prophetic words are an addition. But you need God's word. You need to stand in expectation. And you also need to remind yourself of the faithfulness of God. Remind yourself of the faithfulness of God. And what he's done before, he will do again. And I, I just so want to say... I want you today to push up on your tippy toes. I want you to channel your inner Barbie. And I want you to say, God, I'm standing on my tippy toes in expectation because I know. It doesn't matter how 
how much the ground moves, doesn't matter how impossible it looks, I am resting on my tippy toes because I am holding on to something here which will hold my weight. It doesn't matter how long I stand here. This contraption from Caleb's gym, I'm not sure what it is. I'm sure it's got a name. Has it got a name, Caleb? <laughs> I asked for that. Uh, th this contraption... <laughs> oh, he's joking, it's Robert. This, this, whatever this thing is that Caleb uses to work out, it, it will hold my weight. I could stand here for 20, 30, 40 hours. It's never, ever going to give up. And I have framed myself with God's word. I'm believing for healing, and I know that by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I know that God sent his word and he healed. I know that it said that healing is the children's bread. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. I have surrounded myself. I'm believing for finances. I know that the Lord said as I brought my tithes this morning into the storehouse that I can prove him, that he told me to prove him. He'll open the windows of heaven. I know it says given, it will be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I know it says my God meets all of my needs according to his riches in glory. I can rest in that. And then I can look back at the times when we've got, when I remember last year when we were believing God for money for a holiday and literally the day before the, we needed an exact, exact amount that still hadn't come in and the day before somebody came to our door with that amount of cash in an envelope. In fact, no, it was a little bit more. And I remember I said, Lord, it's actually a bit more than what we needed. And the Lord said, that's because I wanted to go over and above. And that I can look back to every financial need that he has met. So I'm surrounding myself with faithfulness of God, recalling the goodness of God. It's that David says in one of the Psalms, I would have fainted if I hadn't looked back at what God had done and remembered the goodness of God. But I have surrounded myself with words. I look at this church today and I look at it seeing what Pastor George has said about it, seeing what Brother Jerry has said about it, seeing what Brother Jesse has said. And I am standing and I am standing. Just before, or actually as the worship team begin to come up, Jada, as you come up, I just want to read something to you that's... <coughs> This is a prophetic word that Brother Jerry gave and I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying it was when he was, he was preaching for us in our church. Not this past time, it was in 2006. And I'm just going to preface what I'm about to say by saying this, Winston, I want you to listen to this because the Lord gave me this for you this morning and I will give you a copy of it later on. But I believe it is also for everybody. But Brother Jerry said, I am indeed working behind the scenes, saith the Lord, and I am preparing your breakthrough. All I ask is that you stay in faith. All I ask is that you look to me and not your circumstances. All I ask is that you refuse to give up. Do not give, cast away your confidence. Hold fast to your faith in me and my ability and my willingness and you will surely see that what man say cannot be done. It will surely come to pass 
in your life, says the Lord. For I am your God. I am the lover of your soul. There is not another that cares about you as I do. There is not another that is interested in every minute detail of your life than I am. I know what you need and I know how to do it, says God. It's not impossible to me. It will not be by the sweat of my brow to make this happen. My hand has not been shortened. I still have great power and I am willing to use that great power on your your behalf. So rest assured, the God of the breakthrough is coming your way. Now, Brother Jerry gave that in our church, I said... 2006, in May 2006, so many, many years ago. But that prophetic word I still hold on to. And this morning God said that prophetic word is for people in this church who were not even back in the meeting in 2006 because God says, rest assured, I am preparing your breakthrough. I am working behind the scenes. I am working behind the scenes. You know... When Margot Robbie filmed that, we only saw the movie, but there were people behind the scenes that were providing her with this contraption that she was able to hold on to and that could push ahead of her to enable her to keep that stance. God is working behind the scenes. God is working behind the scenes. In a minute, Jada is going to lead us in this song. All my life you have been faithful. I'm going to ask you to call to mind every time God has come through for you. It doesn't matter how small, it doesn't matter how big. When God said, when the world said, there is no way you'll ever get those finances. When the world said, or a doctor said, you can't have a baby. When somebody said to you, you're not, you're not employable, nobody's going to give you a job. I want you to think of all the times that God has come through. When the doctors said it was impossible, God came through. When the bank manager said there's no way, God said, I am the way. When people around said, your son will never come back to God, he's too far gone, God said there is nobody too far. I want you to call to mind what God has said. And I want you to begin to call to mind scriptures. And in a minute after they have sung once, I'm going to get them to sing more than once, but after they've sung it once, I'm going to invite you to stand and I'm going to invite you to come down. And we've, Pastor has made these really pretty pink little notes for me. A breakthrough girl in a breakthrough world. These are for the guys as well. Okay, this is not, I'm not being weird here. This is just to, to, for you to remember why Barbie stands on it. And what I would love you to do is to write down what you're believing for. Write down scriptures. I'll get Caitlin to put them down there. Ah, and then, sorry, Caleb. I'll put Steve back. Um, and then I want you to write, to write down, and then I want you, this is the reason we have a rabbit cage as the second part of the prop. I may need to get you to do it. I want you to peek them onto here. You don't have to put your name on it. This is just between you and God. But I would love to see this surrounded with scriptures, surrounded with what we're believing God for. And then at the end, you can take them, take them home with you and that. But I want us to end with a visual of what we are framing our world with.
And we are framing our world here with the word of God. Maybe you want to just write a reference to a prophetic word. Maybe whatever it is, I would just really encourage you, come and write us down. But I'll get you to do it after they've sung the song the first time because I want you, while this song is, is ministering to your hearts, I want you to call to mind, first of all, the faithfulness of God because that gives you the confidence to then come up and believe for what God is saying. So I will hand over to you. Thank you. Why don't we stand together and, and sing this song and worship God? It's running out. 
get down here. You're going to sing it again. I really encourage you, listen to these words. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. And I just want you to so recall what God has done. And then I want you to come and the things that you've written, come and peg them up here. You can get them back again later. But I want us to see this filled, filled with the things that we are surrounding ourselves by, the the scriptures that we are standing on, the prophetic words we are standing on. And then I want you to firmly stand on your tiptoes, holding on to the support, the frame, the word of God that he's given you. And as they sing it again, I encourage you, bring them out. And then in a minute, we're going to pray over every one of them. But I just, I'd love to see this so many on this frame representing what we are believing God's going to do. Can you sing it from the beginning again? Is that okay? I just so encourage you. What do you believe in God for this church? 
standing with us. I know Pastor and I have put up things which we're believing for the church. I just, I just want to give you a couple of minutes. I believe this is important. And then in a minute, we're going to stand on our tippy toes with expectation because we want to see Luke 3.16 come to pass in our lives. We don't want, we're not just standing, thinking, or looking around. We're standing with expectation. Expectation. Here's sing part of it, whatever part. I just want to give, if you girls want to write anything, feel free. I just want to give you a minute. Stay here, Jane. I'm going to sing it again. You can come up and hear me. I just so want to encourage you. I'm going to get our pastor to come and pray in a minute. And I want us, if you can stand on tippy toes by holding onto the chair in front of you, do it. But if you can't, just, just see yourself on tippy toes. Tippy toes with expectation of what God is going to do. And it comes back to this, all my life you have been faithful. Why did my kids stand at the window for so long waiting for their grandparents? Because all their lives their grandparents had been faithful. They hadn't let them down. So they knew that they would come. All our lives you have been faithful. You've given us promises. You do not go back on your word. And we are going to see. We are going to see. As Brother Jerry said, I ask you, all I ask is you look to me and not your circumstance. All I ask is that you refuse to give up and you do not cast away your confidence. You hold fast to your faith in my word. You hold fast to the frame. You hold fast to the frame that I have put around you. And you will see victory. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to get our pastor to come and pray. And that he's going to, in front of this, I want you to come and pray over every one of these. Yeah, you can pray up here, that's fine. Hallelujah. I want to do up here, because I wanted to lean on these promises in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. It's not our superior strength. 
not our superior muscle control or anything. It's not our, it's not what we can do. Lord, it's simply because we lean onto you. And that gives us the ability to have this expectation. Lord, I thank you. We're not just standing, but we're standing with anticipation, looking, looking, Lord, waiting. Hallelujah, Lord, that answer's coming. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for it. In fact, I want to begin to praise you and begin to rejoice. Why don't you begin to thank him? Hallelujah, we thank you, Lord. We stand here with tippy toes and say, thank you for your provision. Thank you for your answer. Thank you for your anointing. Lord, thank you for the, the strength. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the joy of the Lord. That is our strength. It's supernatural. Thank you for your healing. Thank you, Father, for that answer prayer. Thank you for that intervention. Thank you for, Lord, the way you stepped in. Thank you for that Lord person's heart being turned to you. Thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. Thank you for that door. That, thank you, Lord. That door has been opened wide. It's opened in Jesus' name. Ah, oh, Lord, I've been looking, looking, looking. And, Lord, look, it's opened up in Jesus' name. That provision has come. Thank you for it. Lord, we rejoice and give you thanks. And Lord, we just, and we do it from a position of rest. Our expectation is peaceful. It's joyful. It's in, Lord, it's, it's with excitement. And I thank you. I thank you, Father, that, Lord, we look forward to being able to stand with those that enter into their into the blessings and the answers that are, Lord, represented here. I want you to all stretch forth your hands. Father, I thank you. Every one of these pieces of paper represents a faith that's been put out, an expectation. Lord, we now say we get an agreement with them. We pray. I think of what Brooke did by praying and believing for someone else's, Lord, um, provision and grace. I thank you. We now get an agreement. Lord, I release my faith for my brothers and my sisters. Lord, I thank you for those online. I thank you, Father, for the things that they've believed. Lord, even people have written things out, I know, in the homes and just done something. Lord, I bless them as well. And when we, we stand in agreement. Lord, all these that we see. Oh, Father, I thank you. I thank you for the provision of it. We thank you for the answers to it. In Jesus' name, amen. One more time, you know, I loved it when Peter said, it's not because of what we've done, it's not because of this or that. You know, I remember one of the interviews I watched with Margot Robbing, it was one where she was on a panel show, you know, in Australia here. And I remember one of the, one of the presenters said, Did you, were you able to stand on tiptoes because you used to do ballet? And then she said, no. And somebody else, said, one of the other presenters said, oh, was it because you were a gymnast? No. Was it because, and she, they weren't even giving her a chance to answer. They were coming up with all the, was it because of this? Was it because of this? And, that, and they said, how did you do it? She said, because I had a frame to lean on. She said, I had a frame. Very simple. Nothing profound. I had a frame to lean on. You know what? Some, some people may come to you and say, how did you get that job? You know, how did you get that raise? How did you get this? How did, how did you get that? And that we had somebody share a testimony a few weeks ago where they'd been given a raise at a time where a lot of people in their company were actually let go and nobody else got a raise, but they did. How did you get that? Because 
That man had been standing on the promises of God. He'd been surrounding himself. He was on tiptoe in expectation for what God was going to do. I encourage you. We're going to sing this one last time and then we're going to go. We're going to have a very special morning tea as Super Kids are ready to serve. But Caitlin will be closing the meeting off first. So please, let's not leave till she does. But I want us to sing this one more time. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. And can I say, it doesn't matter how hard you lean on the promises of God, they will not break. It doesn't matter how, how hard you lean down on them, they will not break. And that's, so we're going to, we're going to sing this one more time and then I'll get Caitlin to take the meeting out.